Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Other Side NDE, where we talk about the fascinating phenomena of near-death experiences. These are more than just close calls. These are first-hand accounts of what people experienced dying, leaving the body, exploring another realm, and then returning to their body in order to share that experience with you. Every person that we interview and many of us listeners believe these accounts to be undeniably true experiences people had on the other side. If you enjoy listening to stories like these, make sure to check out our YouTube channel, The Other Side NDE, where we post two to three videos every week of people sharing their NDE stories. I've had three near-death experiences, and I couldn't explain these unusual events, so I shoved them aside, but the third NDE changed everything. So let me tell you about them. The first brush with death occurred when I was 15, before my transition to high school when I became very ill. I was so ill, my mom decided to sleep in bed with me to comfort and take care of me. One night I woke up and felt like death warmed over. I heard a strange buzzing vibration and I felt dizzy. Suddenly I felt as if I fell backwards through the mattress, but in reality, my physical body was still lying in bed. It was my spirit that had dropped out of my body. Then in spirit, I opened my eyes up and looked toward the ceiling light that had been turned off for the night. That's when the ceiling turned into bubbling clouds. Then within those clouds, two other spinning motions occurred and created two other openings into two other worlds. In one opening, I saw a sumo wrestler in a white light. His eyes were constantly watching me no matter how he moved. Then I heard the most beautiful music that sounded like angels coming from the other tunnel. So my eyes were drawn there. That's when I saw the most gorgeous woman with long, thick, almost black hair swish into view, seemingly riding in on the voices of angels. Because of my age, I thought of her as Music Box Lady and Daddy's Little Girl. Then she started telepathically communicating with the sumo wrestler. Much more happened, but when their conversation was over, they instantaneously transformed into glowing orbs of light and left the room. I did not want them to go, but they did, and that's when I settled back into my body and got up out of bed to get sick. 
The next brush with death occurred when I was in my 30s and I, a single mom with three children. My parents, who lived over 800 miles away, asked if they could have the children for a month because it was summer break. After delivering the children and staying for a while, I returned home to have a couple of days to myself before having to return to work on Monday. And it was my parents' invitation that protected my children from being killed or injured in the car accident that's going to happen. On the day of the collision, I was on my way home with a car full of flowers and supplies to decorate my large backyard deck with colorful flowers before I returned to work. And then they'd be beautiful when my children returned in a month. There was virtually no traffic in the area when I turned toward home. There were three lanes going in both directions and I pulled out and moved into the middle lane. After the light at the corner, I noticed a car ahead of me in the middle lane same lane I was in, and he didn't seem to be moving. It was stopped at the bottom of the hill across the street from a, a park, but there was no reason for that car to be stopped there. There was no light, no crosswalk, and no street there. Concerned, I stopped behind the car because I thought maybe a child was crossing the road and I didn't know which direction they would be going. That's when I saw the light at the top of the hill in my rear view mirror had changed and now a mass of cars was racing down the hill toward us. In that instant, I remembered my seatbelt. I was going to buckle it on my way home and I had failed to do so since I hadn't gone very far. Terror grew in my stomach when I saw all the cars barreling down at us and I saw the driver behind me looking sideways and I knew he didn't see we were stopped. That's when I knew he was going to rear end my car. With fear in my throat, I called out in my mind, oh God, he's going to hit me. And instantly I heard a voice say, lay down across the seat and cover your face. But I was the only one in the car. Where was the voice coming from? I did as I was told, and as the accident played out, I felt the arms of an invisible being pick me up like a child. Suddenly, I was looking down from another dimension through a hole in the clouds, even though it was a beautiful cloudless day. Then I watched from above until I was snapped back into my body. My car was told, and I know I had been tossed around the car because the window I saw shattering was the rear window. Yet I left the hospital that day with no broken bones. Unlike the first NDE, where I was looking from this dimension into two other worlds, in this one, I was in another dimension looking back into this world. But who was going to believe me? So I kept quiet and never told anyone. The next brush with death occurred when I was in my upper 40s after I got married and moved to the country with my husband. At the ranch, I developed an allergy that caused me to get very congested. I never had it before, and I thought it would go away as the season changed, but it did not. At night, I would take a decongestant to alleviate the congestion so I could sleep better. One night, though, it was worse than usual, and during the night, my chest hurt because breathing, my breathing had been cut off. 
I did not have the energy to sit up. So I reached for my husband and I called out for him to help, but he did not respond. In the next moment, I found myself out of my body and I felt like I had taken the biggest, freshest breath of air that I had ever had. I felt like I had been set free from captivity and now I was bathing in them in an atmosphere of the purest peace, love, and tranquility that can't be imagined. I could also feel I was instantly connected with the universal consciousness and I knew everything was as it should be. And it was glorious, that feeling. I could see my husband and me lying in bed below and I knew I was dead. That is when I noticed my hands were still over my tummy like they usually were while sleeping. This means it was my spirit arms that reached for Gavin and it was my spirit voice that called for him and that's why he did not respond. I zoomed down to see my body from different directions then I returned to a point above where the ceiling was. That's when I noticed the roof had melted away and was no longer there. As I floated there in love, I could feel my energetic arms elongated and out to my sides. Then I felt I saw a silver cord float by in front of me and above me, from left to right in an atmosphere that had no gravity. When I saw the silver cord float by, I noticed a ball of light approaching in a slight S-shaped curve off to my right. While the light approached, I was more interested in what was happening down at my physical body because I noticed something lifting out of my physical legs. What I saw was a shimmering blue energy, the color of the sky on a beautiful day, floating up and out of my body, then the shins, then up out of my thighs. When that energy totally escaped the body, it drew up toward me. It drew up to me because I was the energetic consciousness that had already left the upper part of my body. And I had been watching the remainder of my blue spirit body exit the lower half of my body. I in spirit had stretched to escape my physical form. Somehow, because I was connected to the universal consciousness, I knew this was my own slice of the creator spirit. This tells me our energetic consciousness is our personal slice of God's spirit. And through our spirit, the creator is always with us. When the blue energy floated up to me, I became whole again, suddenly morphing into a shape of an orb that glowed, who was now sitting in a wand of unconditional love. The wand was the creator's symbolic gesture, showing me this NDE was connected to a prayer I had prayed two years previously while singing the songs, breathe upon me, breath of God, and he touched me. This tells me our prayers are answered, but not if they interfere with someone else's lesson plan and only in the correct timing. While the metamorphosis took place, I could sense my shape morphing because my spirit arms seemed to fold in towards my body. And my spirit legs pulled up as I transformed into the shape of an orb that glowed, just like the radiant white light that was zooming toward my room. My vision went through a fishbowl effect for an instant until the transformation was complete. 
Then my sight became better than perfect and I was amazed I no longer needed glasses and I was healed from everything that ailed me. And God healed my soul during this evening as well. Suddenly that tiny glowing light that had been coming forward from the right zipped into my room where I was and stopped in front of me, promptly growing and changing into the most incredible heavenly light being that was infused with light and had light rays coming out of its heart center. It was beautiful. Initially, I could see the light being's hair, the shape of its face and its clothing, but I couldn't see its face clearly because the rays of light were obscuring my view. So its identity initially was hidden, but later I find out it was Jesus. Jesus already knew who I was and he loved me regardless of my successes and failures. He loved me just for existing and loved me without condition, just like he does all of us. In the meantime, I noticed a second ball of light coming through the darkness from the left, but I turned my focus back to Jesus because he held his right hand up to me, palm up in a gesture of come take my hand. Then he said, it's time to come home, Jan. When he told me it was my time to go, I thought about my daughter, Gina, and I wondered how she'd take my death. But my thought was answered without having to ask. Jesus told me she'll be okay. Suddenly, the second light grew bigger and was now beside Jesus. I could see clouds bubbling around the edges of the glowing light, but the brilliant energy was actually alive. This magnificent force was God in all of his essence, and he loved me unconditionally. That's when God reached out his energetic rainbow arms and embraced me. He pulled me to him, and while he held me, he showed me many moving moments of my life and told me, these moments matter, understand them. Some of the moments I recognized, but some I didn't because they had not happened yet. Still wanting to go to heaven and not back to my body, the angels came for me to convince me to stay. They took me high into the sky where I became one with the universe and could be in all places at all times. And however, nothing I was shown or experienced changed that I still wanted to go to heaven. Suddenly I was back in front of God's light just on the precipice of entering when I was shown one more thing and it was important to me. It was an image of my middle son, Kurt. And somehow, by looking at his face, I knew something was going to happen in the future. And if I wasn't there to support him, he'd go down a pathway that would not be so good for him. Now, how would I know this unless it was planned? I must have had some kind of agreement with Kurt to be there for him. That's when I made the decision to stay. And I told Jesus, I'm not ready to go yet. Jesus was happy about my decision, and that's when I turned back into the blue spirit body, and I sat down in Jan's body, slipping my butt into her butt, slipping a spirit foot into each of her spirit feet, her physical feet, but not completely, and I put my spirit hands on my spirit knees and rocked back and forth in Jan's body until I, its consciousness, could get up enough momentum to lay down, snap back in, and helped Jan sit up and gasp for air. All the while I re-entered my body, I heard a voice from heaven echoing over and over again until I completely entered it. 
The echoing message is not only for me, but it's for everyone. And that voice kept repeating this message. Love is the only thing that matters. Needless to say, Jan was able to sit up and gasp her air, and then she had to live her life wondering when the other shoe was going to drop for her son, Kurt. Well, my task for understanding the many movie moments was enlightening and tied together to create a much bigger, beautiful picture of what life is about and how heaven assists all of us daily. But not everything is planned. God showed me moments of my life, not every second. Every choice we make can take us down a different pathway, but there's certain moments that will happen no matter what direction we take. We all have our own purposes in life and they are unique to each of us. And we all have soul contracts with other people like I had with my son, Kurt, and my daughter, Gina, who was the music box lady in my first NDE. I must have known at some level who she was since I also thought of her as daddy's little girl. The sumo wrestler who was in my first NDE is my angelic watcher guide. I discovered her identity after I drew a picture for the book I was writing. Over a year after drawing it, I saw a picture of her on my parents' refrigerator in a picture that I did not have. Her stance and image reminded me of something. Then bam, I put it all together. She was the beautiful lady in my first NDE. It was unquestionable. They looked exactly alike. And if I had died that night, she wouldn't have been born 15 years later. Her appearance in my NDE was to remind my watcher angel, the sumo wrestler, and me of our contract. And, and somehow that knowledge must have gotten through to me, and that's why I stayed. But the primary reason we are in this world is to spiritually grow and learn to love and share love by encouraging others to do the same. In my view, I feel we should wake up each day and go to sleep each night with a sense of wonder on where we will be guided, what will we be shown, and who will be placed in our pathway for us to help or learn from, because life is the most magnificent adventure we will ever have. And we must always remember God's message that love is the only thing that matters. And that's how we should live our lives.